When this happened, you talk about it on the fan. It'll be a 1 1 to judge. The pitch swung on and hit. Deep center field. Trout on the run. Aaron Judge, number 50. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome to all the fans who don't know I started 12 occasionally. I'm sure some of you turn it on thinking you're expecting the open. I'll give it to you again with Brian Cashman and the disaster that was. Well, I don't even know if it was a disaster, that press conference. I don't know. I'm torn now. I have to admit. Watching that press conference was an interesting, interesting thing. Hearing the clips from it. And maybe we'll play some of the, the clips moving forward here, and I'll react to each one. Just throw them out at me random, and we'll have some fun with the, the different uh, clips that uh, Cash has, has given us today. <laughs> I mean, he was angry, my friends. Man, oh, man, was Brian Cashman pissed off. And, you know, I, I guess it's it's one of those things where he's just been bottled up, hasn't had a chance to say anything. He said in the press conference he wanted us to wait for the owner to speak before he spoke. And the owner finally spoke today at 12 o'clock. I don't know why. Like, that's the first thing. The Yankees had, today was their day. They were going to meet the media and speak to the fans for the first time via Zoom. There was no press conference at Yankee Stadium. Like, I typically remember usually season's end. Now, that usually is after a, a playoff series and more, you know, immediately following a playoff loss as opposed to a, a month after being uh, eliminated in the regular season. But I don't know why Hal Steinbrenner spoke today. He didn't say anything. He didn't say anything. He he didn't say a damn thing other than nonsense that's going to make us question what the hell's going on. I mean, he, he talking about bunting. I mean, he gave no specifics. On and on, we talked about all the differences this team needs and all the different things that this team's going to focus on and all the, the, the work they're going to do inside the organization and the uncomfortable questions they're asking themselves. And they're going to lock themselves in a room, and with all respect with each other, they're going to start calling each other out and check their egos at the door and figure out what's gone wrong with this team. And they, they're going to hire an outside firm, or they're going to look at how either they do analytics or the Yankees do analytics or whatever, but they're auditing themselves in some way, shape, or form. Like, all these things need to change. And then he has a month to prepare to meet the media, and he does not give a single specific on it. I mean... You can't talk about the, the the things needed, how unacceptable the season was, what a disaster it was. And that's Brian Cashman's words. Forget how Steinbrenner and his nothing. Brian Cashman went against everything and still was, a, at the end of the season, called it a disaster. So you can't have this disaster of a season. Talk about all the different changes you're going to make and then give one specific during the interview and the specific be bunting. Which, by the way, you all want. And that's why he thought he had that in his back pocket as some sort of like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll give him the small ball and bunting thing. They'll love that. When instead it sounds like an it sounds like a stupid thing to say. All the problems the Yankees have, what's the change? We found out a month ago they're going to change the, 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 the dining area inside Yankee Stadium and maybe have a couple of sleep rooms for naps. And now they might bunt more inside. They're going to teach bunting again inside the organization. Those are the two changes that have been announced publicly yet already. A month after the season ended. Like, that's it. That's all we've heard. I don't know what the hell he, why even talk? 
He didn't get specific on how much money he's willing to spend. He didn't get specific on on floors or ceilings with the payroll. All he talked about is, hey, you know, we're always willing to go out and spend. Anything's on the table, and we're going to bunt more. That's what he did for 40 minutes yesterday. Just asinine. Terrible, terrible, terrible PR. Just terrible at it. And then Brian Cashman came on and just opened up the floodgates and defended himself, which is what I think a lot of Yankee fans feared, right? We talk about it and how they've ended previous seasons. When they lose to the Astros in the ALCS or they lose in a wild card game to the Red Sox or they lose to the Astros in the ALCS or they lose to the Red Sox in the ALDS. Like, they'll follow it up and they'll talk about, hey, you know, a couple injuries here, a couple injuries there. Uh, if we would have done something a little bit different. But ultimately, we we feel like we built a really good team here. You know, they got this young core of Judge and, and Sanchez and, Tor- and, and Glaber at different times or whatever. But that's the M.O. following Yankee seasons. And it felt like this was the year that can't possibly be what they say, right? Like, he can't possibly follow up this disaster of a season in his own words. He can't follow that up with the same defense of what they do. Like, there's no way. They're talking about making changes. They're talking about auditing the team. There's no way Brian Cashman can give you that same talk about, hey, we trust our people, we trust our things, and yet here it was. And not only did you get it, but you got it while he yelled at you. I mean, he yelled at you while he did it. I was taken aback by how he handled that press conference. And we'll go through some of the clips. I agree with some of the things he said. I know I'm I'm probably going to, if we really get into it, I'll probably end up arguing with more Yankee fans. Yeah. Um, All right. So, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's just throw a couple out there. I've talked about Cashman a little bit. Obviously, the way he handled each thing. I agree with a lot of the things he said, but some of the, some of the way he said it, and he was, you know, cursing all over the place, but mainly like when talked about his process, he's not, he's not necessarily talking about the team. But when talking about his process, one of the first things he said was, I think we're pretty effing good. Like, that is not the sentiment this fan base wanted to hear. They didn't want to hear you think that you're really good at this considering the season. And then it just went on from there. So, yeah, throw random clips at me, and we'll just address them as we go along. Here's Brian Cashman from earlier in the day's press conference speaking to the media at the general manager meetings. People talk about we're analytically driven, right? Do you know we're the, sec, uh, the, the least large, we have the smallest analytics department in the American League East. Is that a shocker to you guys? We have the largest pro scouting department in all of baseball. Is that a shocker to you, to everybody? Shouldn't be. Yeah, you got other analytic ones in the same no vein? No one's doing their deep dives. They're just throwing ammunition and, 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 and bullshit and uh, accusing us of being run analytically. Analytics is an important spoke in our wheel, but it, it should be in everybody's wheel, and it really is, is an important spoke in every operation that's having success. There's not one team that's not using it. We're, we're no different. To be said we're guided by analytics as a driver, it's a lie, but that's what people want to say. I know I can't change that narrative. All I can continue to do is say bullshit, not true. But it's important, and it, we utilize it along with our pro scouting opinions, along with our amateur scouting opinions. And yeah, sometimes we do better than, and sometimes we do worse with some of our decisions. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Sand is not going to like that from himself. No, I know that's true. He is foul mouthed. We're in today. the holiday season. He is full of sass. Um, a couple of things with that. One, 
You gotta love. Play that first one again. I'm sorry. I just want to hear, and then I'll react to that. We played others after, but I want to react to this, and I'll tell you when to cut it off. Good. People talk about we're analytically driven, right? <laughs> Do you know we're the sec, uh, the the least large? We have the smallest analytics department in the American League East. Is that a shocker to you guys? We have the largest pro scouting department in all of baseball. Is that a shocker to you, to everybody? He thinks he's got some sort of. It, do you ever have an argument with your wife or or someone? And they they have that tone, or they'll 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 ask the rhetorical question of "Are you surprised by that?" Like as if we've all been wrong, seeing it the wrong way. Like he thought he had a winning argument there. He was laying. He was like, "What do you think about that? Read that. How you like them apples?" Like the idea that the Yankees don't have the biggest or have the smallest. And by the way, he stumbled through it. But the idea that the Yankees are taking bows. That Brian Cashman in that statement is trying to, you know, impose on you the fact that they have the smallest analytical department in the American League East. And somehow, much like the bunting comment, I think he thinks that that's the fans would be like, wow, you know, we've been killing them for the analytic stuff. The smallest in the American League East, you say, wow, maybe we've been wrong this whole time. Or the bunting thing with how, like, hey, you know, we've been clamoring for small ball, and they're hearing us. So, hey, at least he's given us that. We're going to bunt more. Yay. It's the dumbest thing ever. The Yankees should not, and, and the Yankees should not have the smallest analytical department in the American League East. They should have the biggest. They're the Yankees. It's about using it correctly. It's about using it correctly. But the idea you're bragging about having the smallest analytical department, the Orioles general manager just won executive of the year. He was working under Lunau in both the Cardinals organization and the Astros organization. They, he, has, he is as big as an analytical guy as there is. And the Baltimore Orioles now are run by an executive who believes in analytics more than anyone in baseball, and he just won executive of the year. It's not the analytics. And he's right in what he says about the perception of them being driven by analytics or what analytics is. I, I completely agree. I've been making the same argument forever. The idea that the Yankees are just nothing but analytics and that's the problem is just easy and lazy. It's not true. And he's right to say it's not true. But to somehow slam it on the table as some sort of ha-ha, like what are you doing today, Brian? What's your point in that? What are you trying to accomplish in that fact? Like, what do you think we're going to all turn around and say now? Hey, we've been wrong about the analytical discussion. We all know you make decisions based on analytics. Every organization in baseball does. Judge is talking about work, looking at the wrong analytics or looking at the wrong numbers. But the idea that, oh, my God, you have the smallest. Wow, who knew? Did, were you surprised by that? Hey, would you have guessed that? Would you have guessed that? No, you wouldn't have because perception is we're nothing but analytics and analytics and analytics. And I'll make that fight for you, Brian. I will. <laughs> but let me do it. Let others do it. Right now, today, the first time you speak to the media after the worst season ever, don't try and shove analytics down the fan base's throat as some sort of victory discussion. Like, it's just not the time for it, man. But I get it. 
I don't think they're run by analytics. I don't think they just they do nothing but analytics. I don't. I never did. And they do have they they are big into to scouting, into pro scouting. They are, but they've made mistakes, Brian. Here's the thing: you can't slam that on the table when all your decisions have been wrong for three years. You can't make it seem like haha, like you know how we you know it, it's almost like I know you think we suck because of this, but the fact is we just we suck for something else. Like, you're arguing about why you suck. The overall arcing scheme of that conversation is you suck. And the decisions made have been bad ones. But here you are arguing and yelling and being foul-mouthed, trying to defend which side of the, the aisle is the reason you suck. It's not worth it. It's not worth the aggravation. That I mean, but we all get it. It's and no one cares if they win the World Series. Not a single person will care about analytics. No one will care. These are all talking points that we reach for to decide, figure out why they're losing. So if you want to pull the string and you want to try and get to the bottom of it, cash, I'm fine with it. But let's not do it with like anger and trying to say because ultimately, no matter how much you pull that string and, and it unravels, it's going to unravel into losing seasons. That's what's going to be standing there when you're done. You're going to be holding a ball of yarn, being 82 and 80. That's the, no matter. There's no way to find a good answer to it. So stop trying. I mean, that that's just he thought he had a winning argument because he thinks he thinks he can fight all of the perceptions by tackling the analytic perception. And I agree. Analytics is a lazy art. Anything that goes wrong, I've been saying this forever. Anything that goes wrong, oh, it's analytics. That's why. They don't, they don't, they don't do that. Analytics. They constantly, you know, throw, uh, they constantly on the bases, you know, run on balls hit in front of them. Analytics. Like everything's just analytics when it's not. He's right. But to pick a fight with the fan base over it the first time you've had an opportunity to speak on the matter after your worst season, it's just dumb. It's just not playing the game very smart. Let's take some more calls. We'll get back to more sound bites later in the show. Alex and Lyndon, what's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, Chris? I think it's been a couple of weeks, buddy. Hope you're doing all right. Oh, well, thank you, man. Thanks for checking in. Yeah, man. So uh, driving home from work, and I thanks for playing those clips because I had heard – that uh, Brian got a little crazy tonight or, yeah. or yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't sure. I uh, I wasn't sure if that was one of those satire New York porch posts. Right. No, no. He was. Um, he there was a bunch of f bombs and bs's, and he was he was not he was not holding back, man. Yeah, we just wish it was like energy. Like that energy made sense. That energy just didn't make sense today. And, no. Um, I've been a Brian Cashman supporter for 20, 20 plus years. Yeah. And. He finally lost me on that Montgomery montage trade. The day I, I don't know if you remember the day, you know, of course, July thirty first or July thirtieth, whatever it was. Yeah. And we thought the deadline was over, right? And we thought maybe Glaber was going to to Florida, right? And then all of a sudden, there was that extra tweet. There's one more deal with the Yankees, and we're like, okay, something, you know, minor, right? And we're just scratching our heads. And a year and a half later, or, or however long it is exactly, we're just scratching our heads again today, Chris. And I just. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I, the, again, the Montgomery trade doesn't bother me as much as others do. I know it really the the fan base gets really hung up on it, and I understand that you just you're looking at it now and you say he was he just won a World Series. He was pitching great in the postseason, uh, and 
the, the, the Yankees got rid of Bader, and I get it. Ultimately, it's a bad trade. I can't say anything else. The, the, the better player left, and the lesser player came in. That's a bad trade. I'm not denying yeah, that. that. Chris, that didn't like put me necessarily over the top with Cashman. I mean that that trade, and then also what's happened over the past year and a half, right? And what he's saying today, yeah, that's it for me now. I, okay, yeah. I, I mean, I listen, I'm I, I'm not I'm not there with you where I'm done with Cashman necessarily. I I, I actually enjoyed listening to it today. It was funny on some levels. I mean, I think it was stupid, but I'm not the one who was going to get mad at it because I don't I don't necessarily have a I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of what he's saying. It's just some of the I mean. It's excuse making, and then it's just it's it's complaining and bitching. It's just silly. But like, let me just this, let me give the Mon, the Montgomery trade one more time, just for the the for the people in the back row who haven't heard it. The Montgomery trade is a terrible trade now, right? No trade in the history of of can I can remember from the Yankees has a trade waffled from good to bad, good to bad, good to bad, good to bad. It was terrible the day it was made. I was on board, hated it. I'll never forget it. I was in my car sitting in traffic on the way home from Disney with my whole family in the car when that story broke and that he traded uh, Bader for Montgomery. Traded uh, Montgomery for Bader, excuse me. I called Evan. I'll never, I, I picked up the phone. I called Evan, and I said, what the hell? I was like, this makes absolutely no sense to me. And we were like, well, I, another trade must be coming for a pitcher. And, uh, they're going to trade Glaber for, um, you know, uh, Pablo Lopez, like something's something's gonna happen to make this make sense. It doesn't make sense. I agree. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I hated it, hated the trade. But then as Bader came in, like here's the here's the thing. The Yankees never said that Montgomery is incapable of pitching in the postseason. Like that's how it's been spun now, and that's how it's like oh, like every interview, Alex Rodriguez is taking shots. Everyone's taking shots. You know oh. The Yankees said you weren't a postseason pitcher. Look at what you're doing now. The Yankees never said he couldn't be a postseason pitcher. He started and won a game for them in the 2020 postseason. It's not that he can't be a postseason pitcher. They thought they had others. They knew they were going to trade. They traded for Montas, and obviously he ended up getting hurt. It's, it's, the whole thing's bad, but they thought he wasn't going to be one of their top four starters heading into the postseason, and they needed offense and an outfielder more then they needed Montgomery. That's it. They felt like they were going for it to win the World Series that year on a team that at that point had the best record in all of baseball, and they were trying to get home and improve what that team specifically in that moment needed. And I don't disagree that they needed the outfielder more than they needed the pitcher. I didn't think very much of Bader at the time. That's why I didn't like the trade. I didn't think very much of Bader looking at his numbers as a defensive first outfielder with not much offense. Hated the trade because I didn't like Bader. But when Bader goes into the postseason and is their best hitter and drags them past Cleveland and still has a 1.2 OPS in the Astros series as well, I feel better about it. Because they made a decision to go trade for an outfield and they needed to impact the offense come postseason time. And he did. If anybody else on the freaking team hit like Bader, they might have actually won the series or at least won a couple games. And I think it's unfair to just poo-poo it as, hey, well, they lost anyway. Who cares what he gave them in the world's, in the postseason? It doesn't matter. They lost. Well, Montgomery wouldn't have helped them in that postseason, and he wouldn't have helped them this year, so keeping Montgomery wouldn't have helped them anyway, so why are we mad? If all that matters is it didn't help them win a World Series, keeping Montgomery wouldn't have helped them win a World Series.
Like they they got the player who performed in the postseason. Name another guy in the last generation that they traded for and then performed in the postseason. It's him and Stanton, the two guys we hate. One's been jettisoned, and we wish we jettisoned the other one. Fair. But, like, once the guy performs in the postseason, it's still a bad trade, but I'm not up at night. Yankee fans seem to be up at night, and that seems to be, like, the calling card. Like, point to the Donaldson trade. It's far worse. It is far worse. There are other moves that are far worse than trading away a pitcher who was never this good for you, and you got back a player that had a 1.2 OPS in the postseason. Like, there are worse trades. That's all I'm saying. It's not a good one. I'm not patting Cashman on the back for it. Montgomery's been great, but he's a free agent now. For a year and a half, you were trying to chase a World Series, and you got a player who was a good postseason hitter. Bader energy was a thing. It was a thing. He ended up failing at the end of this year, and they got rid of him because they could save money doing it. But there are far worse moves. Far start. It starts and ends with the uh, Josh Donaldson trade. That's the worst trade in Cashman's career. It is an absolute atrocity. But Montgomery's the new name. But Montgomery's sexy pitching in the World Series, so that's become it's it's not the it's not the killer trade that people are focused. I'm I just, it's just not not for me. There are far worse moves than the Montgomery trade. Far not a good one, but it doesn't keep me up at night. So if you're if your thing is the Montgomery trade plus what happened after, uh, uh, there are other moves to point to before the Montgomery trade. Chris and Oldbridge, what's up, Chris? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you, buddy? Good. Uh, I just wanted to say uh, Aaron Boone has to uh, be released of his reins. Uh, he has to be able to manage like Joe Torre used to manage in 2003. Uh, John Carlos Stan has to be cut, send a message to the Yankee fans that the Yankees mean business and uh, drugging around third base into home plate is not acceptable. Uh, uh, he, and he was told to do that. Who was told to do that? Stanton. Stanton okay. Stan wasn't running because they were afraid he was going to get injured. It's not lack of hustle. Like you see it, what's his name in the playoffs? I forget his name. Was every time he hit a ground ball, he didn't he didn't run out ground balls because they didn't want to get him hurt. Uh, what's his name for uh, Minnesota? Oh, I can't remember his name. He hit a bunch of home runs for Minnesota in the postseason uh, this year, uh, and then he had a bad hamstring and he was told not to run. That's what that's exactly what happened with 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 um, with Stanton. Uh, Stanton. Stanton was told not to run or Stanton and they came up with the plan not to push it because he wanted to stay healthy. That's unacceptable for a player at his age and that you're moving forward with, but it's not a lack of hustle type thing. No, I don't think he's not hustle. I think yeah. Stanton is a great Yankee. Royce Lewis, I think he's yeah. very I think yeah. he's very underrated and I think the fans get on him too much. I think he's a great player, great athlete. He's accountable at the at the in the clubhouse after games, but they have to cut him because he's not useful anymore to the team. It'll send a direct message. Yeah, to the I mean, fans. I, I don't, I, I don't see that happening, and, and honestly, I don't really want that to happen. I don't want to pay Stanton millions of dollars to leave. I don't. I don't know. I, I, you can add players and still have them around. Like I don't. It, it sends a message to whom? I, I don't. Who does it send a message to? The fan base. Oh, we're willing to eat money to be worse. Like it's not. It's not like it makes a difference. If you want to say you could get rid of him for and t- and save half his money and then in- reinvest that half of his money into something better, okay, now I'm talking. Just jettisoning him just to say, hey, we got rid of him because we were tired of looking at him. I know you're tired of looking at him. I don't. I don't agree with that. And I've and I've read multiple articles of different uh, people who believe Stanton could have a bounce back. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. 
He's still young enough where it's plausible. I'm not getting rid of Stanton. I'll trade him even for 50 cents on the dollar. I'll look to move him. I'm not just cutting him just to save his money. I don't think it makes sense. I'd rather play him for a little bit, and if he's a bench player, he's a bench player. I'd rather have a $25 million bench player who could possibly hit a home run off the bench than just not have Stanton around, have him picked up by somebody else hitting home runs. That's what I, 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 I disagree with the sentiment of getting rid of Stanton. They need to they need to build the team as if he's not there in some aspects. That I'll give you. They can't just say, well, we can't go add this guy. We have a DH. Oh, we can't add that guy. Stan's actually moving around better. He's going to play left field. Like, those decisions can't be made. Totally agree. But if it's just about money, I'm, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not cutting him. Dave in Westchester. What's up, Dave? Yeah. Uh, hi, Chris. Hi. Um, Good show. I think you've actually been saying some really smart things. I just want to uh, talk about uh, analytics for a few minutes and statistics, mm-hmm. which I which I happen to like. I you know I read about, it, I think about it. But here's the thing, and I think this is where you know Cashman is off base and was throwing something in the fans' face that's really irrelevant. Right. Think about it. Here's the paradox: in analytics, you could have the right answer that's also the wrong answer. How can that be? Well. There's this there's this thing called the Jopstan paradox, and he was a, cent, a central defender for Manchester United, and the analytics noticed that he was making fewer and fewer tackles every year. Based on that, the owner of Man United, Alex Ferguson, traded him to an Italian team, and he turned out to be one of the best defenders in the Italian league. They traded from the Premier League. So what went wrong? What went wrong is that they asked the wrong question. The analytics, analytics will always give you the right answer to that question. The question was, right. was he making fewer and fewer tackles? The answer was, yes, he was, so they traded him. But that was the wrong question. He was so good, he was making fewer tackles because he was positioning himself better, better. and anticipating right. things better. I got you. I, I, get, I get your point. It's just numbers. You've got to know what you're looking for. So, so Cashman is asking the wrong questions. He, when he picked yep. up Rodon and he picked up Montez, he got guys who had who were injury prone and who had you know no track record of performing in the postseason. And so, by mm-hmm. he got the right answer to the question he asked, but whatever question he was asking, or he, he was asking the well, wrong question. Well, listen, he was. So, I mean, but he's. You see, I I, I understand injury prone is why he he pitched two years without major injury. And show me a pitcher who's not injury prone. Like who who are they gonna sign who's not injury prone? Like it's 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 easy to say injury prone. They're all injury prone. They're starting pitching. That's why Garrett Cole is worth his weight in gold, because he's the one pitcher who isn't injury prone. Everyone's injury prone. Like Nathan Avaldi's had two Tommy John surgeries. Would you but you trade you go get him because he's 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 one, but he's 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 had injury problems. Everyone's had injury problems. Uh Montas was injured at the time, but again, they traded at the dead it doesn't matter to defend it. But your point overall on analytics is 100% correct. And that's why I said, like, the idea that you have the smallest analytic department in the American League East means absolutely nothing to me. You should have the biggest analytic department. But you need I, you I need agree. to understand how to use the analytics. I totally agree. I don't know if Rodon is the best example of what you're trying to say. I disagree with you on that. But your overall point of it's not just analytics, it's how you read them. But but I, I think you're 100% correct when you're looking at the postseason record of players that the Yankees are getting. Yeah. How do they perform in the postseason? That is so important. I think Cashman underrates it. 
because all you, all you have to do is get in. That's been proven over and over again. It's right. proven this year by the Rangers. And so his analytics should be analyzing who performs best in the postseason and can do just enough to get you there. No, I, I understand that. But, I mean, at the same time, yeah, but that's, that's a – you make it sound like that's easy. It's a fine line because let me tell you something. Should, you know, like Ted Williams didn't perform in the World Series. Should they not pick up Ted Williams? Like, you know, Aaron, Willie Mays, Aaron, uh, you know, um, uh, Hank Aaron. Like, these guys didn't perform in the postseason either. Like, Judge has not really – killed it in the postseason should they have not signed him should they get nothing but david Eckstein's and and you know guys who are you know performed in the postseason you got to get there too you need power you need the players yeah. like it's 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 you can't just build a team on on strictly guys who've performed in the postseason it's not that easy you know but i'm saying you need a mix I of course of course even looks at it, it oh I don't, I don't i don't agree with that no I'm, is a, is a is a bust in the postseason except for bader but yeah, and we and we hate it. Was, and he performed in the postseason, and that's the biggest trade we have a problem with. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, you know, who, like there's no way to know this stuff. There's no way to know. There's no way to know Steve Pierce is going to become a great postseason player. Do you think he had postseason track record before they got him? I mean, you don't know. Mookie Betts had one good postseason. They won a World Series. He's been the worst postseason player since. He hasn't got a hit for the Dodgers in the last three postseasons. Are they better? Should they move on from him? Like, it's easy to say that. And I do think, you know, you look at postseason track record a little bit, and I think certainly with different pitchers and different people, and especially when you have guys who underperform in the postseason year in and year out, or you have a group that consistently doesn't perform in the postseason, something needs to change. But, like, you get guys like, to me, the example I always use is Edward and Edward Encarnacion. Like, he's just been a, he's been a great hitter his entire career. The Yankees trade for him. He absolutely dominates the Minnesota Twins and then looks like he doesn't know how to hit against the Astros in the 19 postseason. I, how do you figure that out? But we're beyond that. You, you still need to build a team that makes the postseason. But, I mean, a lot of the guys people want jettisoned, like you just mentioned, they're crying about the Montgomery-Bader trade. Bader performed in the postseason. We're crying about you got to get rid of Giancarlo Stanton. He's been their best postseason performer. Like, it, it's – there is no clear-cut answer. There is no clear-cut answer. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Works like a charm. It is the third perfect game in Yankee Stadium history. Don Larson in 56. David Wells in 98. David Cohn in 99. 27 up, 27 down. David Cohn has attained baseball immortality. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. McMonagle here with you, 877-337-6666. What a fun morning it's been. What a fun morning it's been. Arguing and defending and yelling about Brian, you know, because, you know, Brian Cashman's my thing. 
I, I, I have a weird like dynamic with him because I'm, I don't like the way he, I, I don't, I think he was, I think he was foolish yesterday and I disagree with a lot, a lot of what he said, but I think mainly the main problem I have with it, I think he was just foolish in the way he went about things. I don't, I, I think the, he needs to understand how pissed the fan base is and some of the different stuff like, here, let's play another clip. Um, do you have the clip on the, uh, just play anything, I guess, but Joey Gallo specifically or. Because uh, that one just is mind-numbing. The Joey Gallo... Uh, and... I get a kick out of like Joey Gallo gets named on. But since Joey Gallo left us, who's picked him up? Two playoff teams. The Dodgers traded for us, traded him for us, and then the Twins who just made the playoffs. Or Sonny Gray. He's currently in the competition for a Cy Young Award, right? Yeah, that's... You see, now these are the things that Brian Cashman's just being ridiculous with. Like, I don't understand this at all. One... The Joey Gallo one in particular, all right. The the Sunny Gray one's not as bad. The Joey Gallo trade in particular, which again was referenced in the press conference with uh, Hal Steinbrenner too, and Steinbrenner made it clear that it wasn't just an analytical decision. Like, because I guess that's the discussion it came about, or how trades are done and processed. Like he was like everyone in the room wanted Joey Gallo, and I remember him talking about it earlier in the year when he said, "I told Brian Cashman, go get me Joey Gallo." Like everyone, scouting department, everybody was all in on going to get Joey Gallo. And in later conversations in the press conference, Cashman talked about talking to Rodor, Regnet uh, Odor, Rognet Odor, about, you know, he was a former teammate of Gallo. Would Gallo work in New York? They tried to do their due diligence, blah, 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 blah. I understand trading for Gallo. Again, not that this is the be all end all, but. I was getting congratulatory. I was getting congratulatory texts. Evan Roberts texted me, "Congratulations!" I was driving home when the trade was made. He, cont- he texted me, "Congratulations, you got Joey Gallo." Like the guy was a home run. He's flawed player, no doubt about it. And ultimately, it was a disaster. But I was happy they traded for Joey Gallo. At the time, I thought he was going to come here and hit home runs in short porch in Yankee Stadium, and they desperately needed left-handed power, desperately. But what he just said in that clip is asinine. The idea that no one's allowed to be critical of that trade because other playoff teams had then acquired him since is ridiculous. You would have been better off. I think I think Beater or one of the one of the the Yankee prospects that was included in the trade with the Dodgers is actually doing pretty well when they traded him to the Dodgers. What they got in return was better than what you would have thought considering how he bottomed out with the Yankees. That's what he should focus on. Instead of talking about playoff teams, like, buddy, you traded him at the deadline. Only a playoff team is going to consider taking him. Why would a non-playoff team take him? So, yeah, okay, the Dodgers were willing to give you a prospect that ultimately is is performing quite well for the Yankees. Focus on that. Because the idea that other teams picked him up and that justifies the idea that you traded for him an absolute bust is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. One, I don't think, I'm not positive on the Dodgers, I don't think he was on their playoff roster. I think he got hurt at different times, but I'm not sure he was on the playoff roster. And I know he got hurt at times this year with Minnesota, but he didn't play for their playoff team either. So he's not, yeah, they're playoff teams, but he's not good enough to make their playoff rosters. It's not like he's been good there. And even if so, don't take bows for players doing better elsewhere. 
And that's what he does with the Sonny Gray one. Now, I get the Sonny Gray trade. I get it. He was the ace for Oakland. He was the number one pitcher on the market. That was the that was the the trade to go make. Everybody wanted to go get Sonny Gray. That's who they needed. He's the best starting pitcher on the market. Go get him. And he's been great everywhere since. He was good with Cincinnati. He's been good with Minnesota. He's a, he's up for the Cy Young. Totally fair. But making that argument only allows for the conversation to come back with, well, why the hell couldn't you get the most out of something out of someone who everyone else gets the most out of? Why are you the one team? And if you really want to blame, well, he can't perform in New York, it's more than that, man. It's more than that. That's just, I mean, to try and justify bad trades with what players did since is silly to me. It's just silly. And it's stupid. And it doesn't make me feel any better about those trades that the idea that Joey Gallo's been on two playoff teams since. By the way, he didn't play in the playoffs. Those comments are just dumb trying to defend that trade. I get the Sonny Gray one. I think that's fair. I do. I think it's fair. You know, some people have come here and performed better. Some people have come here and performed worse. Some guys can't take New York and the pressure. Some guys can. I don't know what exactly went with, wrong with Sonny Gray. They wanted him to throw too many breaking balls, similar to what, what happened with Montgomery. Fine, you know, in some aspects, they improve pitchers by telling them to throw more breaking balls. I don't know. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It didn't work with Sonny Gray. But I understood trading for him. I mean, it's it's really hard to kill that trade. It just didn't work. But he was an ace, and he's been an ace everywhere else he went. He's up for the Cy Young. They acquired, that's not bad decision-making like that. Like, you look at you look at the, the Gallo trade, right, and you want to say, hey, you should have known he's a flawed player. You should have known he strikes out too much. You should look at this player. That's flawed, you know, baseball operations. Argument to be made. Hey, Montas was hurt. Montas was coming off an injury. Now, Brian Cashman talked about three separate doctors seeing him. Doctors all said he was good to go. The shoulder actually looks better than they thought, and then he ended up getting hurt. And then again, at the start of the year, three doctors looked at him, no need for surgery. He ends up needing surgery. So Brian Cashman's trying to tell you, what should I do? Go against what the doctors are telling me? But you knew he was kind of a pitcher who had injury. You took a chance. It failed. There are other guys you can look at. Bader was never that good in injury prone. There are other guys you can look at and go, well, you know, you should have Josh Donaldson. You should have seen he's at the tail end of his career. You should have seen him trending down. He's not worth the money you're paying him, all that. That makes all sense to me, and that's more of an indictment on cash. I think it is a fair discussion to just say, hey, look, Sonny Gray's great. He was great before. He was great after. It didn't work here. That's just bad luck. What are you going to do? It's We've made other pitchers work. We didn't make Sonny Gray work. It sucks. I don't know what happened, but our evaluating the player wasn't wrong because, look, he's been great everywhere. I, I, I guess that kind of makes sense. It's still not something I'd be fighting over, you know, fighting in a press conference with the the, the reporting scrum with, and it's not something I want to hang my hat on when the fan base is furious about uh, the way the team's turned out. And the way he starts that clip with, I get a kick out of he None of this is amusing, Cash. None of this is amusing. We're losing. We're losing. Nobody wants to hear you defending these trades. Just move on. But like, yeah, it didn't work out. Like when asked about, like I think the direct question was, the, for several years your trades were very good, which they were. No one wants to talk about it, but they were. 
I mean, I would think the Didi Gregorius trade was one hell of a trade. There, there, leading up to it, trades were good. 2016, he breaks it down. He gets Glaber Torres. He gets, well, at the time, we thought it was Clint Frazier, but he brings up the Baby Bombers. He makes those trades. Within a year, boom, they're in the ALCS. He had a good run. Replacing Derek Jeter with Didi Gregorius, I thought we were going to be doomed forever, and Didi Gregorius had a bad first month, but then he became one of the best clutch hitters and had some of the great moments that postseason in 2017. They traded him for a reliever nobody remembers. And Shane Green, he was a starting pitcher for the Yankees. He ended up becoming a reliever. That's what they traded away to get to get Didi Gregorius. So there were some good ones. So the question was, you had some good ones leading up into 2017, 18, and 19, and now since, they've been really bad. What do you have to say about that? And instead of just saying, yeah, you know, we need to do better, he comes back with, I get a real kick out of Sonny Gray and, and Joey Gallo. Like, why are you that combative right now? Like, that's what I don't get. Like, I agree with you on the Sonny Gray thing, but why are you picking that fight today? Just move on and talk about how you're going to build a team. Just say, yeah, we need to do better. I'll do better. We're looking at things like, why did you need to defend yourself on such a level? It's not like you need to defend your job. The owner's not firing you. Like, why are you picking a fight with the fans when we're furious? You know what happened. It's just about winning. I mean, do you need to defend your process and your guys that much that when someone says, hey, you had some good trades, you've recently had some bad ones, what's the what's the issue? Ha <laughs> ha. I get a kick out of some of the so-called bad trades I made. Like, come on, Cash. Stop. Just stop it. There's times to defend them. I, I, I understand. I get it. And, and I just defended the Sonny Gray trade. I'll defend the Montgomery trade, too, to some level. It's a bad trade. It's certainly not one that's keeping me up at night. And not one where every time he throws again, I'll, I'll be like, oh, I thought he couldn't pitch in the postseason, Cash. I, I'm just not one of those guys. I, I Bader hit in the postseason. It was a trade for a, that postseason. He was trying to chase a championship. And he brought in a, a, an outfield that had a 1.2 OPS. So I'll defend that trade. I'll defend certain things. I'll defend a lot of the stuff he says. Here, play another clip. I'll probably defend something. Throw something at me. I don't care what it is. Mike, throw a, throw a clip at me. Pick one. Random. I think we have good baseball people, whether they're pro scouts, whether they're coaches, whether they're the manager, whether they're the general manager, uh, whether they're analytics guys. I think we have good people. I'm getting permission requests all over the place. We just lost our bench coach to the Mets as a manager. Uh, I've got analytics guys trying to be poached to other clubs right now. Yeah. And okay. every one of them screamed, go get Joey Gallo. <laughs> That's why they're going to get him. I wouldn't laugh there, Mendoza boy. Let's hope. Let's hope uh, listen, he's he's going to be a disaster. We'll see who the Mets hire in three years. <laughs> Probably, but yeah, I mean, to, I understand he wants to defend his people. Any good leader would. I get it. They're taking shots. They're taking grenades, and he's trying to defend his guys. But I mean, it's just the thing about the analytic team is too. Like I'm torn on. Like Mike Fishman is assistant GM and a head of and head of the analytic department, and apparently, it was his idea to hire the company to do this audit on their analytic department. So now you could look at it two different ways. You could be positive, like sometimes I choose to be, and say, hey, this guy recognizes that he doesn't know everything. He knows one thing that all great men should know is that they don't know everything. 
So as long if he's going to get fired, fine. If he, you deem him to have done a bad enough job, and for him to be fired, then fire him. But if he's going to keep his job, but he recognizes there's some flaws in what he's doing and it's not working out the way he hoped, the idea that he's open to having someone come in and look at how he does his job, I think that's fairly positive. That you have a guy who's not just like, hey, no, 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 I'm I'm doing what's I'm doing good. I'm doing right. Don't tell me that this is the problem. Do you know I have the smallest uh, analytic department in the entire American League East? This is what I'm dealing with. You guys don't give me enough funds. You guys, I should have a bigger analytic department. That's the problem. Not me. Not what we're doing. And instead, he's open to the idea of having someone come in and look at it. On that way, you could look at it as a positive. Then there's the cynical side of it. The cynical side of it is who the hell is, is Fishman to decide how we move forward at doing a job he's terrible at. And if he's uh, if he had anything to do with the particular company that he's decided to pick to look into it, then he's probably comfortable that he's on similar lining with that particular company. That he knows these two gentlemen who run this company who used to be with the Dodgers, and he has an idea that, oh, I'll pick this company, and they'll... Their analytics look just like ours, and it'll be like, oh, maybe we are doing a good job analytically. That is the skeptical side. The skeptical side is who the hell is he to decide that, and maybe he's picking a company that he knows is aligned with his thought process. The positive side is you've got a guy who's willing to say, hey, I don't know everything. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, or maybe I'm making some some mistakes in how we do things. Let's take a look at how we do things. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you believe this guy is a competent guy, if you believe he's a good guy, if you believe he tries his best, works hard, and now is open to looking at things differently and see how it goes, like is that so bad? But I totally agree with anyone who goes, hey, listen, this department sucks. It's time to just clean house and bring in someone else to do it better. That's fair, too. It's all fair. They're going with the former, not the latter. We'll see what comes of it. But they just need to go out and get good players. It's that simple. Because I do think, and maybe we'll get into it, Dylan Lawson is the former Yankees head coach and former head of the uh, entire hitting department throughout the major leagues. And in defense, I guess the Yankees are in defense mode, even even former Yankees. He put out a series of tweets of all the statistics of the Yankee farm system. And if you look at it with an open mind and being fair, the Yankees in the minor league level are doing far, far better offensively than the major league team. The strikeout numbers are at the top of the league, The you know, strike, non-striking out, you know, positive contact numbers. Their contact numbers are up. Their power contact numbers are up. Their strikeout numbers are the best in the league, third best in major league, minor league baseball. Like they, since 2018 and all the changes, the Yankees minor league hitters have been doing far better than they were prior. The major league team that is yet to be impacted by the young players coming through this new farm system needs dramatic overhaul. That's what it's about. And Hal needs to spend money, and Cashman needs to bring in the right guys, and they need to be a winner next year. All of this is noise. All of this is noise. Have a good offseason, and put this. go get Bellinger, go get Yamamoto, go get Soto, screw us all, and go win. 877-337-6666. We'll come back, take your phone calls. The Mets are building, finally, what Mets fans have been clamoring for forever. We are going to renovate the area around City Field. Some bars, some places to go to instead of just looking for hubcaps. You can go get, maybe play a couple games at the casino, go to the sports book, check out the hotel. 
Get a couple of cocktails. Drown your sorrows away from trading Pete Alonzo. Some way to do it. So we'll get into that and some Mets stuff. Obviously continue the Yankee talk. And of course, the Jets and their disaster at the quarterback position.